So, financial wisdom from the Bible. First thing you need to understand when it comes to money and your finances is that there is a bone of contention when it comes to money. It's one of the serious subject matters spiritually. There are things that the devil can give up and there are things that he will insist on. One of the things that the devil will insist on is the financial power because the one with the finances is the one with the control. It will surprise you to know that one one carol service, uh, the man of God, Pastor Chris, talked about the fourth man, that's the fourth Joseph. All the three Josephs that preserved the body of Christ required finances to do so. So what will make the fourth Joseph not required? Let's look at the first Joseph. The first Joseph, we'll, look at, we'll, come, we'll come to that in the book of Genesis. The first Joseph, that who told his brothers, he said, God sent me ahead of you. In the NIV, he said, to save lives. In King James, he said, to preserve a posterity. So that Joseph was the one that was sent ahead so that when the famine came upon the whole earth, this particular Joseph, because of the wisdom God had given him, there was food in Egypt. So Israel, the Bible says in the book of Psalms that Israel sojourned in the land of Ham, which was Egypt. And that's how the famine did not wipe away the seed through which God will bring out the Christ. So God preserved Israel through the first Joseph and it was economic. This preservation was economic in nature. It was about resources. Otherwise they would have died. You know, when we talk about, we are not just looking at cash. We are looking at something that is of value that everybody will require at a point in time. For example, we're all sitting here. Your pen has some level of value. Your phone has a level of value. But in a very funny way, with everything everybody's holding here, when it's Val's day, in BS saxophone, the value will go up. You can understand why. Because there'll be a demand. Are you getting the point? So, at any given point in time, when there is a demand on something, the value goes up. And that's how you measure finances. So many people don't know the reason why, for example, we're in this country. What is the, what's the, what's our business with the, the dollar has gone up. We don't we don't we don't spend dollars. So if the dollar has gone up, how, what's our business? It's 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 we 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 it's between you and I. We are in this country, it's between us. But if you want to understand how important these economic things have been, most of the wars in the world have been economic. It has been because of the economies. So nations that wanted to severe themselves from the Countries that wanted to have that economic dominance over them, the nations that wanted to severe themselves, they had to do so with a lot of blood and sweat because <laughs> it's economic. 
the scripture has said already that the love of money is the root of all evil. So when you all the evil, all the wars are about money. Never, never think they are about anything. Um, this person said he doesn't. Why did he say this? Why did he say that? No, most of the wars, in fact, almost all the wars that have been fought in this world are about money. So to treat that topic lightly is to be want to be relegated whether in God's agenda and whatever thing in the world, the, the Bible categorically says that a poor man's wisdom is not here. So it doesn't matter how holy your life is or how good your living is. If you relegate your financial life, <laughs> you are gone in terms of impact or influence. So the first Joseph preserves by reason of resources. He was able to, look at this, and this is where you... You, you, you start understanding finances. He was able to translate that gift that he has been practicing in his brother's house for which they sold him. At age 17, he was interpreting dreams. He was having dreams and interpreting them. And that thing that God gave him at age 17 came handy at age 30 when he was in prison. And it was just a means of exchange for him to sit on the seat of power where he can control the finances and make strategic decisions economically. Let's come to the second Joseph. Who's the second Joseph? That's Joseph, the father of Jesus. Father of Jesus. When Jesus was born, who's going to take care of the child? Who's going to feed him? His father. The Bible never says that uh, food was coming from heaven daily by the angels, even though he's the son of God. His father's going to take care of him, his pompous. So there has to be resources to take care of the boy. So this Joseph was not just a mere caretaker. He was literally taking care of the son of God. Sometimes we narrate the story and leave out some of these details, whereas we know what it takes to take care of a child. So there was the, you, you can see, now look at when, look at when, the, the, the news came from the angel that he should take the child to Egypt. You think, you think, okay, what are you thinking? That, you know, when you read the Bible, just, uh, the angel said, they should just go away from Jerusalem, just go Nazareth and go to Egypt to preserve Jesus. You think he's just going to be there? So the first preservation of the, of the body was the first Joseph. The second preservation of the body was the second Joseph, who immediately took the child and has to take the child from where he is and go into Egypt. That's going to cost money. And he's going to stay in Egypt until he's been told to come back. That's going to cost money. Third Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea, Peter's tongues could not preserve Jesus' body. Because the book of Isaiah, the Bible had already stated that Jesus must be buried among the rich. The prophecy was that he'll be buried among the rich. Peter has run away. John is nowhere to be found. I mean, they don't even have the, 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 the influence, the status, the F on tree to go and ask for Jesus' body. I mean, they are even fighting for their own life. Most of Jesus' members were broke. Most were broke. Most of Jesus' members were broke. The great guys were usually with the Pharisees. They were on the other side. But some of the rich guys who were his members used to come in the night, Nicodemus. 
this Joseph of Arimathea also was a, was a follower of Jesus, but you know, he can't just bring out his face. But through financial power and influence, he was able to get the body of Jesus and bury him among the rich, as the scripture had said. Now, the fourth Joseph is us. Why must it be four? Because anything that represents the Son of God in biblical numerology must be four. I'll give you a few examples. The four living creatures. The face of a lion, the face of an eagle, the face of an ox, and the face of a man. <laughs> and you, there you can see the four faces, the four faces of the Messiah as stated in Scripture. You see the face of a man, that is his humanity. The face of a lion, his kingship. The face of an ox, his priesthood. And the face of an eagle, his divinity. So you see the four faces of the Son of God. Also, the four places that was mentioned that he will be fully preached, according to Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost part of the earth. Four. The four books that testified of the fulfillment of the prophecy, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So the same way, Joseph, the Josephs, if it must encapsulate the Son of God, it must be four. So three Josephs have been revealed. That means we are the fourth Joseph. The church is the fourth Joseph that will preserve the body of Christ. And if the first, second, and third had to observe the economic nature of it, the fourth. And that's the reason why, that's the reason why there is a lot of contention about certain subjects. You must be spiritually discerning to know when the devil is stirring propaganda and upheaval about some topics. Like I said yesterday, if someone took his money, I, I remember there was this thing that someone just was 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 throwing money ab about, you know, on, on the internet. Where shall say cash money, cash money, and I said, let someone go and throw money in church like this. It will be, it will not be easy. It will not be easy in the morning. It will be so lambasted. You people are stupid, are foolish. You are giving your money to the pastors. You are giving your money to the pastors. You are giving your money. Why are you giving your money to the pastors? I remember one time one guy said, I think he asked a question online. I think I've shared this before. And he said, if you got a million dollars, will you give your title of $100,000? Was that the question? Okay, what will you do with your title of $100,000? Like, is it give it to you, your pastor or something? That was the question. Then one guy replied, instead of giving uh, $100,000 to my pastor, I'll rather use it to smoke crack. That's what the guy said. Then the guy who asked the question said, I'm asking this question to Christians, not crackheads. Wait, do you hate your pastor that much? Do you hate your pastor that much that you have 900,000 and that if you gave 100,000 if let's imagine the title was going to him as a person. Let's imagine that you hate your, you really hate your pastor that much. It's funny. It's funny. So you see, when topics like that come out and you find a lot of contention about them, the devil is lurking around because he knows the power of finances. Let's look at the book of Genesis chapter 11. We're going to look at the financial system of the world. And I, I've shared this before, but I mean, repetition sometimes is important. 
Genesis 11. I think when when the uh, regional pastor had the the eight days of supernatural blessings two years ago, not the eight days of blessing in our own in our church, it is a supernatural blessing in uh, in LA. I shared something like this. I'll start from verse one. Now you're going to understand the the economic system of the world. Then let's look at does God have um, an alternative for us, or we are supposed to function in the economics of the world? Because this is where Christians get beaten. They function in the world's economic system. They get beaten there because you will be beaten there. It's not your system. Jesus Christ talking in Matthew chapter 6, he said, after these things that the Gentiles seek, you see the Gentiles, the nations, according to the Bible, they have an, an economic system. So for example, when they pursue money and their whole life revolves around money, it's, it's right with their nature. I don't know if you get the point. Because that's who they are. So they, they can kill. I mean, can you imagine one time I was talking with a friend and we're discussing how, you know, um, many people are like slaves of money in a sense that if one person had a land and someone came like, this is my land, I mean, it's going to get bloody. You see, <laughs> should a Christian fight over a land? One guy, one guy came to see me one time talking about how when his father passed, there was this, um, there was this, uh, inheritance that was supposed to come to him and his mom and all that and that the other family are taking it they are taking it they are taking it then i told him i said you don't need that inheritance you don't need that land he was shocked i said you don't need it and you you might be thinking about you might be listening to me and thinking about i don't need it no you don't need it i remember praying for a dear woman some years ago and it was about some shops you know these shops at abosoka and all that they had inherited it from their grandmother or so their mother or grandmother or so and then one person among them was they had been dragging it in court for years and one person among them was diabolic going to Benin and all that i said okay so i went to their house i prayed for them they won the court case yet still the spirit of god told the woman and i i, I witnessed the same thing to her confirmed the same thing to her that her prosperity will not come from those shops you see you have to understand it the possessions of this world should never control your life. Let's look at the scripture before I come back to um, um, the book of Genesis. First Timothy. Um, let me show you this scripture. I mentioned that Jesus, there was a prophecy that Jesus was to be uh, uh, buried with the dead. All right. I just thought I should just show you the scripture so you can keep it. Isaiah 53. I'll read it in 9. So see how Joseph are. Arimathea of Arimathea came handy to bring the prophecy to pass. It came just in time. Verse 8. I'll start from verse 8. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Now, I just wanted to show you that that's a messianic prophecy. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. That's a prophecy. Verse 9. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. But here is, he has just died and they are just going to bury him among the poor people. Joseph of Arimathea comes and takes him and buries him among the, the rich people. All right. So let's, let's go back to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. Now let me read from verse 10. 
For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from their faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You know, he says, those who love money, he said they err from their faith. They err from their faith. Next verse. But thou, man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Go ahead. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Go ahead. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his time shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Charge them. That's the point I wanted to see. Charge them that are rich in this world. Look at this. I want you to see the focus that God wants you to have. He said, say to them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. You know, because money has a way of making you high-minded. The Bible calls the deceitfulness of riches. It makes you, you know, check your shoulders when you have money. Check yourself when you have money. Your shoulders are, are higher when you have money. He said, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. He calls it uncertain riches. He said, they should not trust in it. Now, who, who is he telling? He's not telling, he's not telling <laughs> unbelievers. These are his members. He, these are Timothy's members. So Apostle Paul is writing to them that, go and tell the people who are rich in this world in your church. Because, Paul is demarcating riches. He's, he's demarcating and saying some people are rich towards God. Not necessarily rich with money. He said, but some are rich with money in the, ch in the church. He said, so charge them. He said, tell that those people who are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. So God doesn't want us to have money and be high-minded. You know, when you have money or you're high-minded, that's when you can, you can issue threats to people knowing that you, you use your money to persecute it. I remember a young man that made a lot of money. Someone did something against him. He said, I'll arrest you. I'll arrest you. And he, he got him arrested. Why? Because he was able to pay his way through. You see, high-mindedness. Your money, the money that God has blessed you with should not, should not make you think you are better than anybody. You know, some people have money and because they have money, they want to sit in, at, at, in front in church. We paid. High-mindedness. Tell them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. But what? But in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. He says, don't trust in uncertain riches. Don't trust in those monies. He said, but trust in the living God. So, he's telling them that even though you have money, your faith should not be in your money, but in the living God. Your faith should not be in money. He said, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So, we operate in God's financial system. And it is an unlimited system. I don't know if you got that. You know, sometimes you can suffer in the world that you, 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 you can't even believe when God is telling you something. That's why some, it takes some people more time to believe. Because where they are coming from, the word of God has to first of all delete, 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 delete before they start on zero. Before, you know, because the deleting is a lot. So you can see that the person, majority of the time has been spent deleting things. So the person, when you tell him that, the Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. You know, Jesus Christ was not, was not begging God. He said, give us our thing. 
It belongs to us. Oh, I don't know if you got it. He said, give us this day our daily bread. He said, and he said God, please try, try and settle us. Try and do something, Lord. Give us this day our daily bread. It's our daily bread. That means I'm entitled to that daily bread. All I have to do is to ask. You know, when, 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 if uh, a scripture like this is mentioned, someone who lives in a country where the government pays them for being citizens, when they hear that kind of thing, they can understand it. Why? Because they're in a country and because they are citizens of the country, they are paid. So he understands that it's supposed to be so. The person whose father gives him money every day will not have a problem with that. But the one whose father does not take care of him, when he just gives us this daily bread, it's hard for him to understand. He's in a country where they don't pay him for being a citizen. Rather, he came into the country with debt. That kind of person does not understand that. That scripture will be hard, you know, for him or her to understand. But give us this day our daily bread. It's a reality. That means when I wake up tomorrow morning, God has something to give me. Come on. All you need to do is to just understand this thing and believe it. Because once you start believing it, that's what's going to start happening. Once I Listen, once I wake up tomorrow, I'm waking up to daily bread. You see, when you want to follow the world's economic system, it's going to batter you. It's going to beat you, beat you up. And some, something that is, is by running away from their country, that will solve the problem. No, that's, that's never going to solve the problem. Let's look at it. Genesis 11. From verse 1, Genesis 11. And the whole earth was of one language and one speech, all right? And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shina and they dwelt there. Mm -hmm. And they said one to another, go to let us make brick. Take, take, take very uh, good notice of this scripture and certain words I'll bring out there. Let us make brick and bend them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. I've explained this to you before. Now, they are building, a, they're building something. They are building something. And I told you before, they were building um, an edifice for Semiramis, all right, which was a goddess, a queen. They call her the queen of heaven. So they were building this edifice to Semiramis. So while they are building this with the stone, they're supposed to build, in those times, they're supposed to build with stone. But there's something prophetic that was going on there all right the name of the man who was uh in charge of this project who was leading this project that we were building this kind of edifice was nimrod the bible says that he was a great hunter before the lord that's what the bible says he was a great hunter before the lord but nimrod was not a man of god so that's that scripture <laughs> let me explain. I don't think I've given you that. That I've, I don't think I've shown you that before. All right, let me let me give you that scripture. Genesis ten. So Nimrod is introduced in Genesis chapter ten. Then this story comes in Genesis chapter eleven. Genesis ten from verse eight. And Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. All right, verse nine. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Now, wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. Verse 10, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel and Erech and Akkad and Karneh and the land of Shina. Now, um, Nimrod, when he says he was a mighty hunter before the Lord, if you don't understand what was said there, you think he was a good guy, mighty hunter before the Lord. That was a wrong explanation of that scripture because of the words that were used. Because he said the, the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. So the tower of Babel was if he was a man of God, God wouldn't have destroyed it. 
So Nimrod was not a man of God. But this was what was happening. He was a mighty man, the Bible says, and he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. What was going on at that time was that there was a problem in the earth. Now, remember that we are coming, we are coming from the time of um, uh, Adam when now the creation has been corrupted. So what was going on was that there were animals that were um, way huge and bigger than the humans. So they were destroying and killing certain civilizations of humans. And remember, the humans were not as much at the time. So the beasts were multiplying over the humans. So Nimrod was a mighty hunter. So you will see later when um, uh, the men of God are revealed, you see that and men began to call on the name of the Lord. So when people were faced with this thing, when um, animals were killing them, they did not go to the Lord because Nimrod was killing the animals. So everyone now started settling in the towns where Nimrod's kingdom was. So the, the word over there before the Lord was not before the Lord. The word is instead of the Lord. So Nimrod was a mighty hunter instead of the Lord. That is where you get the concept of Antichrist. Because Antichrist is not opposite Christ. Antichrist is instead of Christ. So the system of the Antichrist actually started from Nimrod. That's why when you look at the, at the, at, at the Tower of Babel and where they got to, if you, if, if you check Google, well, not today, the name of that, that, that edifice that was built you can see that it is flat. But on the dollar, you will see the continuation with the eye. Yes, that is the, the system of the Antichrist that will, in quote, perfect the building that was because the building was cut short. So it's economic. So when you go to Genesis chapter 11 now, verse 3, he said, And they said one to another, Go, let us make brick and bend them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. So... They had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. Now, this is a, a strange deviation from God's building process. Why? Because when you read the book of Peter, it says that we all, uh, 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 lively stones, are built up a spiritual house. So God built with stones. But a great deviation over here is that this man was building with brick. So he used brick instead of stone. So he said they had brick for stone. Now, how did they make the brick? He said they bent it thoroughly. Stones are natural. Bricks are man-made. So you see, man's system is going to do the building instead of God's system. Now, if you came there, you saw that you say, oh, that's a beautiful building, but this, it, it's, it's a disguise. Man's system is building it. Exodus chapter 1, verse 13 Maybe I should start from verse 12. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. Now remember that Egypt is also the world system. All right? Egypt is also the world. Now, Egypt has locked up God's people and making them save, making them build Egypt. Egypt has taken God's people and is making them build Egypt. You see a Christian all her life. Barclays Bank, all her life, never for once built the house of God. Never for once. Now, you see, you see what is what's going to happen over here. Remember, 
let us make break and bend thoroughly. Remember it while we are reading this. And the more they afflicted, the more they uh, multiplied and grew, and they were grieved because of the children of Israel. Next verse. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. Rigor. And they made, look at this, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick. And in all manner of service in the field, all their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. So, so remember, it is still same principle, mortar and brick. But with what? With hard bondage. That is what Genesis 11 says, bend them thoroughly. Now, how do you make brick? You make brick from the earth. And every time the Bible talks about the earth, it's talking about man because man was taken from the earth. So what, what the Bible is saying is that how they make the brick is that they take you, burn you thoroughly, you become the brick. They made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. Let me add something to it. Same Exodus. I will learn something. Exodus chapter 5, verse. Let me start, let me start from verse 1. Make, it will make more sense. He says, And afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. Can you imagine? You can clearly see what God wants. Every time you see Pharaoh, especially in Exodus, in Genesis, Exodus, anytime you see, especially in Exodus, Exodus, is actually a, a clear representation of Satan. Yeah. Because the, the Pharaoh who was in Genesis was the one that gave Joseph the opportunity. That was not, we, we don't regard him as a, as a, yeah. But the Pharaoh in Exodus was the Pharaoh that knew no Joseph. And he's the one that God said, let my people go. So there you are dealing with Satan. You are dealing with a type of Satan. So, as you are reading it, I want you to read it with understanding. It says, And afterward, Moses went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. So what, what does God want? It's simple. God wants to spend time with his people. Right? God, God wants to spend time with the people. He said they should come feast. You know, it was party. Love feast. God, he said, God, I mean, he, he, he stated it clearly. So number one, you see there that God wanted to spend time with them. So put that down. God wants his people to spend time with him. That's what we call love feast. It's a love thing. It's that like God, he said, let my people go so that they will hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. I want them to spend time with me. That's why I want them to go. Why do you want them to go? Because I want them to spend time with me. Next verse. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. <laughs> Next verse. And they said, The God of the Hebrews hath met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days journey into the de desert and sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Number two, God wants you to sacrifice unto him. God wants you to give. Moses is stating the reason why God wants them to go. Lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with a sword. Go ahead. And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do ye, Moses and Aaron, let the people from their works? Mm. Uh, you people have stopped them from, from working. They, don't have, they, are, they are lazy. That's why 
you, you, you want them to go. So you stop the people from their work. Get you into your beddings. Next verse. And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land now are many, and you make them rest from their beddings. And Pharaoh commanded the same day the tax masters of the people and their officers, saying, <laughs> Ye shall no more give the people straw to make brick, as heretofore. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. And the tale of the bricks which they did make heretofore, ye shall lay upon them, ye shall not diminish aught thereof, for they be idle. Is it because they are idle? Therefore they cry, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. People are praying. Now, you see why online, when you are praying, they tell you that you don't have anything doing. They see you pray, say you, you, are, you are idle. So, Satan's plan or plot is to make sure that you don't have any time. So, he, he makes the economic system tougher and tougher so that it can squeeze the time out. So now, see what is happening. People have to work on Sunday. You have to work hours that they're not supposed to work. Why? So you're praying. You are idle. You, you're, you're in church on Sunday. You are idle. You went for cell meeting. You are idle. But look at the con contrast. When Moses said, he said, let them go because God wants to spend time with them. But he said, no, no, you're idle. Next verse. Let them what? Let them what? More work be laid upon the men. Let me tell people that this, this is the demonic system. They sometimes don't get you. Look at the nations right now. You have to do four or five jobs. Let them more work. Why? Now, some time ago, they would have been able to do one work and it's to take care of them. But now, the taxes, the taxes, uh, the taxes are so many. <laughs> there's, a, there's an American president, I'm trying to remember his name. He said, the government is not your friend. The government is not your friend. Are they your friends? They are not your friends. Ronald Reagan, yes. How can, because if they are your friend, how can the national team of Ghana Go and play AFCON. The budget for the AFCON is $8.5 million. The budget to go for the AFCON, $8.5 million. The one who win the AFCON will win $7 million. What is the sense in this thing? Can't take far. Why? Who's going to, who's going to spend that $8.5 million? They will divide it. They will divide it. Initially, initially, right? So, so those of you who wanted Ghana to win, it's good they did not win. It did not, it, it's good they did not go anywhere. Because no winning bonus will be paid. I think 2012, Zambia won with a total budget of $300,000. The, 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 the government is not your friend. <laughs> I was discussing something with a dear, a dear young man yesterday. I said, you know, when you don't allow God to lift you and raise you up, especially financially, it's a financial, the financial system is the major war. They kill themselves for free. 
they killed themselves for free. <laughs> Yesterday, I, I posted a video in the Pastors and PC Everyday speech. I said that. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll play the video maybe tomorrow. World Economic Forum. Eh? World Economic Forum. They brought a witch. Yes, to make incantations over there. Then she was doing it over there. Then saying things. Then she started doing it. <coughs> so you don't, you don't know where the sickness comes from. World Economic Forum. What does it have to do with a witch? What the thing that the witch laid hands on all of them? World Billionaires. Listen now. World Billionaires brought a witch. Kwekwe Jekun from Adanta Barrier. You said you are an atheist. He says about hustling. <laughs> so all those who say, yes, you must be on your grind. Yes, it's true. You must be on your for brick and for mortar. <laughs> My friend, pray. Because what is going on in the world now? What is going on in the world? Now they are not even hiding it. Oh. Previously, they do these things in the corners. Now they are not even hiding it again. He said, let their more work be laid upon the men that they may labor therein and let them not regard vain ways. And the tax masters of the people went out and their officers and they spoke to the people saying, Thus saith Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go ye, get you straw where you can find it. Now, it's, it's useless work just to take the time. And what is it supposed to do? You have to go to Genesis to know what is to pain you thoroughly. Most people who live this kind of life, by the time they are on pension, they regret, they regret everything. Have you heard of midlife crisis? They regret everything. They regret everything. Say you have time. Say you have time. That's why they are. Yeah. Give you more work to do. Meanwhile, God says, let them go. Let them make a feast. So there's, there's the world's economic system. There's the world's financial system. Don't subscribe to that system. Don't subscribe to that system. There's God's system of finances. Let me make a, a, a few points. When it comes to giving, because of questions people ask me, I want, to, I want to answer a few. I want to say one or two things. Number one, there are, there are some things, you, you know, <laughs> when those who are ahead of you, right, make mistakes, God doesn't expect you to make the same mistakes. I remember some time that there was a time, I remember very well, there was a time, I don't mention anybody's name, and I don't mean this critically or proudly, but as, a, as something that you learn from. I knew some people who used to, I mean, in the name of we must give, we must give, they can't even go and borrow money and give. Don't borrow to give. Some, somebody might, some people might, might, um, think that is, you know, faith, but I, I don't, I don't agree. Start from where you are. Because you want to get it right and you are operating God's financial system. Start from where you are. Listen, if you trust in the blessing, you will not be scared to start from where you are. Sometimes there are certain things people do and it's out of fear. They don't know it is fear. Like looking for quick money. It's fear. It's, it's a demonstration of fear. So people are defrauded because of things like that. Let me tell you a story. 
So I, I, I grew up, I grew up in Anabaraka. That's where we grew up. The Ghana Commercial Bank, the tower. It's around that side we grew up. So let me do transliteration. You understand the trip version of it. My eyes are hard. Many a dim No, 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 no. Don't, don't be looking at me. Pastor, Pastor says, "Oh, I love you. I love you too." <laughs> you don't, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. So I have to be born again, again. So I'm, I'm tough. I, no, nah. When I'm praying with you, you can see I'm tough. You are tired. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm tough. I'm very tough. I'm very tough. Oh. You, you, you don't cheat me. That's it. Maybe if you come with a machete or something, I'll give it to you. But you want to rob me, you can't. The only time that is poor my record was I went to Circle to go and buy a phone. A phone. <laughs> now, because I grew up at the Raka, I knew the game. I knew what they used to do. So there was no way, because I knew it, so... They had never done it to me. I'd been there for years. And they had never done that to me before. They had never pickpocketed me. Nobody has ever picked me. Nothing. Meanwhile, right from when we were going to school, we pick out there all the time. They never pickpocket me. Never, ever. I'm very, very, very smart. But the only time they did it to me, this is what happened. I got 300 Ghana CD. And I was going to use it to buy a phone of 1,005 Ghana CD. That's what greed will do to you. You understand? That's what greed will do to you. I came back with the Chinese. <laughs> I came back with the Chinese phone. Oh, they run me streets quick. When I got home, I just said, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Because you can't even go and complain. How much are you going to buy the phone? Do you get the point? Do you get the point? So, when you are looking into, you know, like people say, bring 100 Ghana City, they'll give you 400 Ghana City. You, do you understand the business? Where are they getting the money from? Do you, you don't understand the business. Do you understand the business? You don't understand how, for example, if I sell, buying and selling, I understand the business. Don't give your school fees. Don't give your school fees. Let me tell you something. If you make a move like that, let me explain how it works spiritually. If you make a move like that, this is the, the response. Let's say, for example, you want to give your rent. Right? It will not be rejected by God. But guess what? you have to be ready for the consequences that come with it. That is what makes it a sacrifice. People get offended with God. They gave their rent. And for two years, they did not have a place to stay. Why are you offended? That move you made, this is the repercussion that comes with it. So if you give your school fees, be ready to defer. Will it be honored by God? Yes, it's an act of faith. But more spiritual. If you make a move like that, you are dealing with a very, a, a, a quite a spiritual thing. You see, there are things you do that put you into um, a financial state 
Now, that person who gave his rent or her rent, would, would she or he be blessed by God for it? Yes. Yes. But maybe not immediately. I remember someone who asked me a question. He said, Pastor, I want to give my rent. Uh, and uh, I think the person was asking for the member also. I said, no. All right. I said, I said okay. I said, just let, just let her know that rent might not show up for some time. And that if she has to go and purchase somebody, that is the replication of that faith act. It will be honored by God, but just not the way you think. Why? Because not every seed returns the way it left. The format in which it left. First Corinthians 15. I read from verse 35. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? He's talking about the principle of sowing and reaping. He says, Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quick and accepted, die. And get, get, look at this. He says, And that which thou sowest, thou, sow, thou sowest not that body shall be. But bear grain, it may chance of wheat or some other grain. I want to read in the NIV. When you sow, look at this. When you sow, make sure you pay attention. You do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed. Perhaps of wheat or something else. Verse 38 is the key. But God gives it a body as he has determined. And to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. So sometimes you can give a seed. The harvest was an idea. You did not get money back. So it's not casino. Sometimes you can make a giving. The next thing you notice that now when you study the Bible, it's like you are understanding more. You think, oh, it's, just an, oh, it's your giving. Because God is the one who determines the body in which it comes. There was a word the Lord gave me today. But I'll give it tomorrow. There was a word the Lord gave me today for everyone concerning your finances. But I'll tell you tomorrow. I'll tell you tomorrow. I'll tell you tomorrow. Especially <laughs> because I, I couldn't get into that scripture, so let's not go there. I'll tell you tomorrow. This is day four. Yeah. So we have four more days. Yes. We are gaining a lot. Yes. We are gaining a lot. Yes. Your finances are blessed. Yeah. You will have more and more money. Yeah. You have more and more grace. This year will be a different one for you. You are entering your season of supernatural finances. God's blessings are going to be evident in your life. Your finances are going to change. Yes. 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 For you. Second Corinthians chapter 8. I told you, I said, don't give your school fees. 
if you give your school fees, be ready to defer. Someone said, God, someone said, but God spoke to me that I should give my school fees. Then God should pay it. After you give it, God should pay it. If God pays it, we know that God told you. Do you understand? <laughs> if God pays it now, I'm say, God told you. <laughs> I remember a story. I remember a story. A young man came here one time. He came with his leader. He wanted to give. He wanted to give a car. So when he came to give the car, I asked him a question. He said, I said, whose car is it? He said, it's his car. I said, whose car is it? He said, his dad gave him the car. And I said, is, is your dad aware you are giving the car? He said, oh, this is, it, the, the car is already his now. This is for him now. So, I said, okay. Since you insist on giving the car, I did not provide the car. I made them park the car. Took the key. I put the key down. I said, nobody should touch the car. Some weeks later, I'm in church. So the, the, the family of the car, the, the guy have come to church. I've come to church. That they want to see me. I said, they want to see who? What do, what do people think? They're expecting that by the time they come, we've sold their car. We don't know what to do. You are, you are joking. You think I'm angry? We'll buy four of that car that day. There's no prayers. So. No, no, no. There's nothing like. What, are you, what do you mean? They are looking for the pastor. So I should, I should come out. Do you, are you thinking? I said the keys there, the car is there. Let's go move it. I'm saying that because of the scripture I want to read. There are, there are some stories we heard when we were growing up. And some of you have heard those stories. Me, I don't believe it. I don't know if you believe it, but me, I don't believe it. That that is how it's supposed to be. They say that you have to marry a woman that you are in the house with her. By the time you come, she has given you air condition. You will buy it. By the time I came home, you have, you have given the you will buy the air condition. It's goals. It's goals. You come out, they have given, they have clear everything. You will buy it. Because you don't give what you don't have. Someone said, you know what I consider goals? Well, the, the thing is, they are spiritual statements. They're not spiritual statements. You know what I consider goals? That, that, they, I saw this thing on, 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 on the social media. They will give me rap, they will give me money for, to, to give rap something. 
something like that. Like, Bill, give me money. <laughs> and I said, no, let me understand the thing well. Is he giving you money Then you decide to give for Rhapsody? Or he's giving for Rhapsody through you? The blessing goes to him. The blessing goes to him. What did you do? The blessing goes to him. Think about it. Who gave the money? In church, they will mention your name. In with God, it is his name. If he gave you the money and you now decided to give the money, fine. So now, whatever repercussion comes as a result of that, you bear it. So for example, if the money he gave you was probably for three months, if you give that money, don't go and ask him for money again. You are spoiled the seed. Okay. Take for example, you are with maybe maybe the the best way you you money comes to you is probably through your parents, and maybe they give you monthly allowance. Then at the beginning of the month, they give you a thousand dollars. All right. If you give that money, it is you have acted your faith. You can't go back after two weeks and ask them for money. Once you give it, because it takes the sacrifice element out of it. So, as you make that move, that one month, it's between you and God because you gave it to God. That time, face God. From that time, face God. Don't go and tell your mother that they, they, they have brought a new book called TikTok. And that you must get it before you can pass your exams. You are a froster. And you have no moral right to criticize any minister of state for defrauding anybody. Or from yeah, you are the same. Some people, some people will not like what I'm teaching them. Said that you are inside the house with somebody, then you woke up. They said she has she said she has given your shoe. You will buy the shoe. <laughs> if and if she believes that God told her, huh? No, if she believes that God told her, any consequence that comes as a result of it, God should handle it. Yes. Because in the case of Abraham and Sarah. Abraham didn't tell Sarah that God said he should go and kill Isaac. So, so God has to take responsibility for it. You can, you can see the reason why God now shouted, Hey, don't kill him, don't kill him, I beg. <laughs> don't kill him. You see how important divine guidance is? To the last, to the last drop. If Abraham didn't hear that last, don't kill him, he would kill him thinking that. He has done a, a, a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice. He has just played a fool. God said, don't kill him. I beg, please, take him back. I want the kind of woman that, when, you, when I wanted, listen, when I wanted to give the furniture in my room, when I wanted to give the furniture, I sent my wife a message. I said, 
The Lord said I should give this thing. I said, okay, great. We cleared it together. What's the repercussion? I've not had furniture in my house. I sit on the island to eat. Yes, is there, that is the, the replication. So, I mean, I said that God said I should give it. Whatever comes with that, I should take it. Whatever comes with it, you have to, you have to face it. And that is, that, that's the sacrifice that now produces the thing you are looking for. Your husband now give you m- money for six months. You say, I have given it. Don't come, don't come again. Don't ask for anything again. If he gave you free money, the one you can give whatever you like. Let me know if you maybe your husband gave you money for light bill. As you were speaking, Russia Talaba, Russia Talaba, Russia Talaba. So, oh, 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 Russia Talaba, Russia Talaba. Oh, light bill. Well, um, <laughs> hey. The Lord spoke to you. The Lord must put on the light that night. <laughs> there are people who have who have who have divorced because of these kind of things. Can you tell me? Second Corinthians chapter eight. I start reading from verse nine. Let's read in the NIV. There's something I I I, I want to show you there. Oh. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. So he's, he's giving them an advice. He said, this is my advice. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work, so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means key according to your means the key is according to your means why because these guys had made a pledge because there was a project for the for the saints in jerusalem they wanted to go and make a giving but these guys have made a pledge and they've not completed the f- pledge so paul said finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means verse 12 key look at there he said for if the willingness is there the gift is acceptable according to what one has not according to one what one does not have what's he saying he said like there's some people they are almost killing themselves on the fact that they've made a vow and they've not been able to redeem the vow god is not looking at your ability to redeem the vow you made he's first of all looking at okay let's say you made a vow of ten thousand. But what you have is 100 CDs. God says, give the 100. That he's accepting the gifts. First, by your willingness. Not according to what you don't have. Because you don't have the 9,900. So don't go and rob anybody to come and give it. You know, there are some mistakes that you make. That you need to quickly correct. Because if you continue like this. You will soon hate God. You will soon hate God and you think it is God that's responsible. You will soon hate God. There's a sister. I said I will share a testimony. It's not a testimony, mom, but it's a story. It's either a sister or a brother, one of them. 
during one of the during one of the programs where people were giving, 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 this girl was now inspired. She went to carry all her room things and came to give. Something like that. The repercussion, you must take it. Now, her parents were coming to visit her. She now went to take loan to go and buy the things and buy new set of things and put in her room. So the parents came, came to meet. Oh, nice room, everything. And went back. For more than one year, that sister was owing. That sister was in debt. For more than one year, she was in debt. Now, wherever she was working, she was using her salary, paying debt, unnecessary debt. Once you've made that giving like this, it's a sacrifice. Your parents must come and see it. Whatever, it is killing, they'll kill you. They have to kill you there. What would they have said if a robber had come to rob you and taken everything? They will not say anything. So... Whatever happened, whatever, it is beating, so you must face it there. Terra, brethren. See you tomorrow.